Listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work. They're illegal. With the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX. One hundred point seven KSLX. It's a great version of that, by the way. Painted black on an album called Flashpoint. One of the many, many live albums by the Rolling yeah. Stones. Yeah, they, they, you know, many. When you're around for as long as they were or are, because they're still a band. Um, you know, many live documents out there. Unplugged. They did that too. They did a whole bunch of stuff. Interesting. As we talk about the passing of Charlie Watts, who, if, in case you're late to the party, uh, passed yesterday at the age of eighty. Not the original drummer for the Rolling Stones. A guy named Tony Chapman was the original drummer, but didn't feel like he f- he fit in the band at all. And at the time, when uh, Charlie Watts had already jammed with the guys that ended up being in the Rolling Stones, he had another gig with a guy named Alexis Corner, so he couldn't do it. He had a paying gig, and the Stones were sort of a new outfit. So this Chapman guy hangs in for a while, and then in 1963, bows out, goes on to play with Peter Frampton. Charlie Watts comes in, and the rest is, as they say, history. And again, I, I mentioned this like, I don't know, five, ten minutes ago, one of the great rock and roll legends in the history of the sport involves Charlie Watts. Now, you would say to yourself, who are the big larger-than-life drummers in the history of, of rock? You would say John Bonham, Keith Moon, Keith Moon yeah. yeah, Tommy Lee, guys like that. And you'd think those guys would do something as extreme as this, but no, it was the understated, graceful, elegant Charlie Watts who lays claim to, for me, the greatest story of band dysfunction in the history of music. Well, this is from Keith Richards' book, Life. And he said, Charlie, you know, very calm guy and had to be badly provoked to get angry. Yeah. And you can see that. He was very classy. Here's the story. This is from Keith's voice. He says, we were in Amsterdam for a meeting in 1983. Mick and I were not on the greatest terms at the time, but I said to Mick, come on, let's go out tonight. So we went out and stayed out all night. We got back to the hotel at about 5 in the morning, and Mick called up Charlie in his hotel room. I said, don't call him, not at this hour. But Mick did and kept saying into the phone, where's my drummer? Where's my drummer? Where's my drummer? There was no answer, just a hang-up on the other end of the line. Mick put the phone down. About 20 minutes went by, and there was a knock at the door. There was Charlie Watts. Dressed in a Seville Rose suit, perfectly dressed, suit, tie, shaved, the whole bit. I could smell the cologne. I opened the door, and he didn't even look at me. He walked straight past me, got hold of Mick, and said, Never call me your drummer again. Then he hauled off and gave him a right hook. Mick fell back into a platter of smoked salmon that was on the table and said, You're my singer. <laughs> And there's more to the story in that <laughs> Keith Richards has lo- had loaned Mick Jagger a jacket to go out that night, and it was the jacket that Keith Richards got married in. Right. So he said when he got punched, he was tumbling backwards towards the balcony and could have landed in a canal under it. <laughs> he said, but I grabbed him by the jacket, and Charlie said, why'd you stop him from falling? He said, Charlie, it's my wedding jacket. My wife would be furious with me. You can't make that up. No. That is as good, that's as, that's as, as, good as rock and roll can possibly exist. Off stage, so, as, it's it's so good. The rock we, and roll circus, if you will. We also have uh, uh, Danny Zalisco. We talked to him yesterday. Our our concert promoter here in town, who does stuff all over the place. He's got some fun stories too. Although Charlie Watts is really not a guy who begins a lot of stories. He's the nice guy.
it's an interesting thing because we're talking about and celebrating the the passing, not the passing, but the life of Charlie Watts. And for every guy that has a great job, there's somebody that has a better job. We've talked about this before. A lot of people think our job is fantastic because we get to hobnob with celebrities. Rarely. Rarely does that happen. We might pass somebody in the hallway backstage at the Celebrity Theater or something like that. Right. But Danny Zalisco, who has been doing this, uh, has been a promoter here in the Valley for, I don't know, 40 years or something like that, has basically crossed paths with everybody, including the Rolling Stones. So we had a chance to talk to him. We asked him, hey, Danny, what was Charlie Watts actually like? Well, you know, when, when we did shows together, I mean, he was one of, of all of the guys, probably the lowest key. I mean, they're... They're yeah. all very low-key guys. The Stones very, very much kept to themselves. I didn't start working with them until the 80s. You know, by then, you know, those 60s and 70s days were over. Keith was still rolling, of course. But Charlie was always, he was always one of those cool customers, you know, that kind of came in and came out, did his job, gave that great smirk. Always very polite, very pleasant guy. But, you know, he didn't hang out. You know, he, he came and went and made his money, did his job, and was great at it. Yeah, he's the, he was That's the, cla- he was the yeah. class of the Rolling Stones. Like, when you look at the Rolling Stones, you look at pictures of the Rolling Stones, um, you see, you know, four guys that look like a motley crew of people, not to use the name of the band, but, but guys, yeah, they're covered in scarves, they're barely dressed, they're, they're filthy, they're a little disheveled. And then there's this one guy that looks like, he looks like Bill Nye, you know, the actor Bill Nye. Who was in? Uh, yeah. uh, 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 I forget what that radio pirate radio. Very, you know, very ascot, you know, tied up around the neck. Very well kempt, very classy in every way, shape, and form. He was the class of the Rolling Stones. But according to Danny, he wasn't stuffy. But I, I'm sure he had his fun too. But you know, for all over the 40 years or so that I was involved in shows uh, with him, it, 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 it was always very pleasant to be around him. I mean, there was no drama with Charlie. Yeah, except for that, that one sense. time when he punched Mick Jagger in the face, right. which was the greatest drama. Look, that's the thing. A badass doesn't have to tell people he's a badass. He shows it once and everybody knows. Hi, this is Israel. It's time to, for uh, Spanish. As a public service and in order to recognize the cultural diversity for which Arizona is known, Mark and Neanderthal are taking time out for Spanish. we got Andy from Chandler on the phone with us. He's trying to win a pair of tickets to see Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo at the Arizona Federal Theater Saturday, September 11th. So here's what we'll do. We're going to give you a Spanish phrase, Andy, and you are going to translate it, hopefully correctly, with the use of three multiple choices in English. You ready to do it? Let's do it. All right, Andy, here comes your Spanish phrase. Nunca juzgues un libro por su película. Did you hear that? Play one more time, will you? Here you go. Nunca juzgues un libro por su película. All right, Andy, that does translate into one of the following. Is it A, not to brag, but I don't even need alcohol to make really bad decisions. <laughs> B, sometimes when I'm texting, I spell a word so wrong, even autocorrect is like, I got nothing. <laughs> Or C, never judge a book by its movie. Which one is it? C. It is C. C. Never judge a... Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pelicula is film and libre is book. All right. And so, Andy has won in Time Out for Spanish. Nice. Time Out for Spanish. Weekday mornings with Mark and Neanderthal.
All right. You know that we lost uh, Charlie Watts yesterday, the longtime drummer, the original drummer for the Rolling Stones. He passed away surrounded by family and friends at age 80. Amazingly, Bill Wyman, who left the band, is actually four years older than Charlie Watts. I always thought Charlie was the oldest guy because he usually looked the oldest. He had Abe Vigoda disease. He did. He looked old even when he was young. Yep. He had, he, and some would say distinguished. And yes, he did. He had that. There was a very classy, elegant uh, um, presentation in Charlie Watts at all times. Yeah. And he was he didn't do a lot of publicity, but a few years back, actually, it's a while back, he put out an album of, um, I, I believe it was jazz standards. Yeah, he was so a jazz he, guy. He came from the, the Gene Krupa, Buddy Rich you yeah. know, school of jazz drumming. And he was promoting it. So he was on this show. It was a late night show hosted by Bob Costas, although this evening Matt Lauer was filling in, which mm. will never happen again. Nope. But, He's a monster. He, he talked about how he lo- Charlie Watts said he, he loves playing. But hates to tour. I, I mean, I hate to. When I say that, I love going on stage. I love the lights and I love playing. But I hate packing a suitcase. It takes me weeks to pack a suitcase. I mean, weeks. And I hate going away from home. I hate leaving the front door. Yeah, and then, you know, we've, we've talked about this too. Everybody says, well, why do the Stones continue the tour? They clearly never need the money ever again. But then somebody slaps eight digits in front of you, and all of a sudden, I hate leaving home, but I'll do it for a boatload of money. Well, also, he made the very, very real point that he can't very well be a professional drummer by staying at home. Right. You have to go out and play for people. So Unless you, you get one of those, you, you those residencies pe- somewhere, you yeah. know. Well, yeah, yeah. But you can't bring people to your house. Right. Although he could probably fit some, a good number of people yeah, I was in his say, house. His house is probably probably the <laughs> but, size of Yuma. Yeah, but, you, you know, <laughs> you, if you're going to be a professional drummer, you got to go out and play. And he, he hated leaving home. He's been married since 1964. It's pretty astounding yeah. in the rock and roll business, a 57-year marriage. Keep in mind, he joined the Stones in 1963, so... All of that partying and all of the, the debauchery was not his world, which is why we talked about him spending so much time in his hotel room and sketching pictures while he was on the road. It's understandable that a guy who has no real social life would hate going out on tour because he can look around him and see all this stuff going on that he's not going to partake in. Yeah, well, he had, he didn't partake in that life. He probably had a, a rich social life at home when he was at home, but yeah. he was not the hangout type on the road. He certainly no. could create a groove. Ooh, oh, this, this is, is a great song. Yeah. Yep. All right, so here you go. We both had the same idea yesterday. I posted a picture of a, a full beer glass. Yeah, uh, I did the same thing, yeah. And the, the beer glass, you know, cheers to Charlie Watts. The beer glass had the Stones logo on it. That was part of a package of swag that we got a few years ago when they announced the tour that they did in Glendale. In They eventually played in August of, of 2019. But correct they, me if I'm wrong, in, in the package it was that Stones beer glass. There was a coffee mug. Yep. T-shirt. I think no, 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 no a, T-shirt. It was a toque. It was that's it was, right. It, it was, was a, it was a stocking hat, which obviously works great in other parts of the country, but here in Arizona, not a lot of not a lot of use for a toque. And it had the water bottle. And I actually, I 
You gave the toque to a friend who was a big Stones fan. I remember that. The, yeah, the the you know then the toque being the you know the woolen cap you pull on your head. Yeah, and uh, I took that and the coffee mug and I sent them to my buddy Lee who lived in Rochester, New York, who was sick. He died shortly after that. But I, I right. was like, you know, he's gonna he's gonna if he goes outside, he'll get more use out of this hat than I exactly. ever. Exactly, that's the point. It, and, it's not like you were being disrespectful. Yeah. It was like okay, regifting this thing to somebody a who would appreciate it and b who could use it. And he wouldn't drink beer anymore. He couldn't drink alcohol anymore. So. Uh, so the beer glass stayed with me. Right. So <laughs> Yeah, that's the reason. You keep telling yourself yeah. that that's why it stayed with I, you. I couldn't get rid of everything. They, no, they, no, they, no, these, I were good, these were really good goodies. In fact, I just learned the water bottle I hadn't used, the Stones water bottle. It's got the logo on it. It's black. It's, you know, I put, yeah, the picture, cool. I put a picture up of it yesterday. Yeah. And I wanted to keep it pristine, but I needed a water bottle this weekend <laughs> at the last minute. And that was the only thing laying around. I threw some ice cubes into it. I filled it up. 20, over 24 hours later, there was still ice in it. It's yeah. a high-end, kick-ass Rolling Stones water bottle. Now, just let's think about this for a second, all right? The Rolling Stones, a band that doesn't really need to do promotional swag. I mean, clearly it's the greatest logo, I think, in rock history is that yeah. is, is the Rolling Stones tongue-and-mouth lips yep. thing. Um, and yet, two schmucks in Phoenix, Arizona... Uh, get these packages with a hat and a water bottle and a coffee mug and a beer glass. And they sent those, I have to assume, they the sent those staff. to the, they did send them to the entire air staff, yeah. but they sent them, I would bet, to every air staff of every classic rock station in America that they were touring through. Yes, as, as it, a, was, as a, it was a class move from a yeah. band that doesn't need to do a class move. And I almost guarantee that it was absolutely overseen by Mick Jagger. Yeah, because well, because he he was in control yeah. of everything with regard to the business of the band, and that's why it was first class. That's why the water bottle. They is did high it. End. Yeah, they did everything yeah. right. The Rolling Stones have always done everything right. Um, they are certainly the model for it. When they talk about them being when the Stones self-proclaimed the world's greatest rock and roll band, they certainly back it up. They've had enough enough music to sort of follow it up and. And they do everything 100%. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they move forward with only two original members now. Um, although Ron Wood and Chuck Lavelle have been with them forever. so Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Chuck's so, not even a member of the band. Right. Maybe, he'll get, maybe he'll become a voting member now. You never know. But uh, we will continue to talk about Charlie Watts, pay tribute to him, and, and try and answer the question, was there ever a Charlie Watts drum solo? <laughs> It is time for the Mark and Interpol Dumbass of the Day. And a quick reminder, at 8 o'clock, we'll give you another 6K Workday Payday app cash code. So don't go anywhere, because you could walk away with your share of $6,000, $1,000 at a time. So last Wednesday in West Hartford, Connecticut, 66-year-old John Brennan was doing some of the, the mundane things that homeowners do. John had cleaned up a bunch of stuff from his garage, and he wanted to get rid of it. So like many of us have done, he called for a bulk trash pickup. Sure. Oh, it's an exciting time in a homeowner's life. Yeah, uh, you have to put everything right there by the curb. <laughs> it's right. got to be within a little box of, mm-hmm. uh, of, of an acceptable distance from the curb and the mailbox and the driveway. Not to mention your time window. Not to mention your time yeah. window, but yeah, you, you did anyway. You can't set it out there before a certain time. you got to wait till after. And if it's after a certain time, they won't pick it up. That's right. So the stuff was set out in the yard for the proper day, which was last Wednesday. And John was home when the truck arrived and watched as the guys loaded his bulky items into the garden garbage truck but then john had to come outside and check on things when he saw the trash guys refusing some
some of the items and putting them back on the lawn. Well, maybe they were too big or maybe they were hazardous materials. Maybe they were something that were not on the list of acceptable items. What were they? You got one of them. John asked what was going on, and the trash guys explained to him some of the items were unknown chemicals. They're not permitted to take those. Oh, boy. So John argued with him, but the guys, you know, said, hey, you know, this, this is what we can and can't do. They got, they got back into the truck, and they started it up. Is there an M word that's going to be used in this? In this, this uh, followed by lab? Not sure. No, no, there's okay. not. No. Okay, excellent. Uh, John argued with the guys. They got back into the truck. They started the thing up. And as they safely and slowly pulled away from the curb, John unsafely and quickly tossed the previously refused items into the back of the truck sure, why not? as it was starting to take off. Did you uh, know that John was the actual uh, American Legion bags champion? I'm not sure you knew that. <laughs> he, was, he was a horseshoe champion, yeah. bags champion, he was cornhole gonna, champion. He was going to make them. Take that stuff. The driver uh, quickly noticed in his rear view the smoke coming out of the rear of the truck. Wait, what? That's exactly why they didn't take the chemicals, because they can react. Smoke, huh? In certain ways, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Truck pulled over. The proper phone calls were made. You know, hazmat. Yes. Police. Yes. Uh, John was arrested (laughs) and charged with breach of peace, reckless endangerment, littering, several other charges. And he is also the Mark and Neanderthal dumbass of the day. I think that was a beautiful story you just told. And that story, the dumbass of the day, was sponsored by Arrowhead Harley-Davidson at ArrowheadHarley.com. We had the misfortune of breaking the news yesterday, right before 10 o'clock, of the passing of legendary Stones drummer Charlie Watts. And it's an interesting thing because I mentioned this a little earlier. Oh, if you look at a picture of the Rolling Stones, <laughs> you get a picture of four dirtbag-looking guys. I mean, even Bill Wyman was still a little disheveled, but you got Bill Wyman, Ron Wood, Keith Richards, and Mick Jagger, and they all look like a rock band. And then you say, well, who's the incredibly well-dressed guy on the end there? Often with short hair. Yes. And he was he looked like a fashionista. He looked like he could have been the band's manager, but no, he was their steady drummer, Charlie Watson. Yeah, we had a chance to talk to Denny Zalisco, who crossed paths with the band, and we asked him, hey, man, one of these things is not like the other. Where does Charlie Watts fit in? Well, I think what, what he really fits into is being the durable presence that the Stones needed all those years. I mean, you never heard stories about Charlie Watt. He was, he was the guy, steady as could be, back there behind the drum kit, um, you know, keeping things together for those guys so they could be, the, you know, the front Stones. It's like, I mean, he was great balance for those guys. I mean, imagine if everybody was was like, you know, Mick and Keith in their wildest days. They'd be Motley Crue. <laughs> kind of. And that's hard to sustain. Yeah, kind of. I mean, that's the thing. You can't be, uh, we've talked about this before. It must be exhausting to be Keith Richards 24-7. And Mick Jagger. 24/7. Yeah, I mean, those those guys are such overwhelming personalities. The two quiet guys in the band, and even Ron Wood is pretty mellow, but the two quiet guys in the band, Bill Wyman and, and Charlie Watts, those guys had to be the balance. There's like the yin and the yang of a band. You can't, can you imagine if all those guys, being their tour manager, being Ian Stewart, 
and having to deal with those guys asking yourself every night at 3 a.m., where are they? Yeah. At least you knew Charlie was in his hotel room. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we had Danny's list go on, um, he couldn't help but reminisce about some of the Rolling Stones shows that he has helped promote, that he has promoted. Well, there was the one where... um where the fireworks lit off the bleachers behind the stage. <laughs> that was quite fun. Uh, sure. and, and, and they really got a kick out of that afterwards because they didn't really realize it until afterwards when everybody told them. Um, the first one that I was involved in was, I think it was George Thorogood opened uh, at, at ASU. Uh, there was another one where Mellencamp got beamed with a bottle. <laughs> But the, the, my favorite one, though, my favorite one was when we did um, the Stones at, uh, at the Glendale Cardinal Stadium, and um, and Alice opened. They said, "Who do you want to open?" I go, "It's got to be Alice hometown." I think he's talking about 2006. Yeah, because show. Yeah, 2019. There was a some band called Kaleo or Calio. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. The the fireworks one. I was at that show. That was Sun Devil Stadium in '97, and. I was looking at that. I was like, I, does anybody know that the, there's a fire going on next to the stage? Well, let's face it. Between fireworks and Meredith Hunter and all the things that happened, the Stones had. <laughs> the Stones had some legendary offstage things going on while they were on stage doing things. And you never know what's happening in the crowd. Um, and it's just, I mean, that's one of the things that we talked about at the start of the show. And even yesterday when we were talking behind the scenes, the Rolling Stones, I think, were the first dangerous rock band and a friend of mine tried to pull out the doors i was like yeah stones came before the doors yeah, oh, they, yeah. They, yeah there was there, yeah there were bands there were bands like the beatles and bands like the dave clark five and and bill haley and the comets and little richard and and but but like a lot of those guys were not overt in their decadence the stones were yeah. proudly decadent yeah and dangerous really influenced the cow sills in that way <laughs> What? There's a sleaze factor that comes from the Stones that without which we probably wouldn't have Guns N' Roses or L.A. Guns or Faster Pussycat or that whole 80s glam thing. And certainly not Aerosmith and damned if they weren't great. Yeah. There's a groove that you just can't recreate. This is good. Yeah. Take some Stones. As we continue to celebrate the life of Charlie Watts, legendary drummer for the Rolling Stones, who left us yesterday at the age of 80. I mentioned, you know, you said time is our app cash code. Right. Couple of Stones songs, highly recommended. Time is on my side is a great early song. Absolutely. And a yeah. great song from the mid-70s is called Time Waits for No One, which sadly is appropriate at this time. It's a, it's a great song. For those of us who are men of a certain age. Sure. Or yeah. humans of a certain age, you know, I should that was, say. That was the thing yesterday, and, and I know you did the same thing I did, and we didn't talk or, or coordinate this at all, but both of us broke out our Rolling Stones beer mugs, yeah. our, our beer glasses, beer glasses Pilsner yeah. glasses, and poured a cold one out and just sat there and had a beer in honor of, of Charlie Watts. It really is a, uh, a reminder of your own mortality when you start to hear some of your heroes yep. leaving before you. Yeah. Now, we wanted to mention a quote somebody just phoned into us, which was used to describe the Stones at various times. Many bla- many bands play rock and roll. One band is rock and roll. Yeah. I uh, mean, that's a great quote. It's, you know, and the argument is always, you know, always Beatles versus Stones. That is the, that's the Dave versus Sammy, the taste great, less filling, the, you know, whatever you want to count, whatever Ginger versus Marianne, it's Beatles versus Stones, and everybody wins in that situation. You know, one, the drumming that I really loved from Charlie Watts, some of his drumming that I really loved was on the Some Girls album, like in, in this song, Respectable. Okay. Great. He's just, he's just there doing it. 
it's good. He so, just laid into that is what he's doing. And then the first time I heard this next song, I thought it was Charlie Watts. It's exactly what Charlie Watts would do in that situation. And it's, actually, it's actually a guy named Kenny Aronoff, who's a great drummer in his own right. Yeah, and certainly certainly uh, inspired by Charlie Watts. Yeah. One of the things that Char- made Charlie Watts special, and this is so down the nerd hole, but I'm going to go there. <laughs> um, if you watch videos of Charlie Watts, there's a thing called the hi-hat symbol, which is the sound of the to keep time. Yeah, it's those two things that spot that's yeah, looks together. Like, yeah, they, they they jump up and down. It's a symbol. When Charlie Watts m- hits a snare pop on that thing, he never hits the hi hat at the same time. So if it's like you know one two three four, it'd be three three hits on the hi hat and then one on the snare. So it'd be pop pop never at the same time. And that's what happens. And Kenny Aronoff does in that. In fact, I it just it just dawned on me while we were listening to those two songs. We talk about ACDC being a band that everything sounds the same, right? And there are certain bands that are able to do that. I never really considered it, but when you start to listen to that tempo, the up-tempo drumming that Charlie Watts is doing there, he's laying down a very similar drum beat in multiple songs because Dance Little Sister does that. Uh, the one you just we just played does that. There's when a bunch the whip of these, comes when down. When the whip comes down, there's these fast yeah. songs where he's just doing his thing. It's because he's a jazz drummer, and he sits back, and he and he creates this foundation, and then lets everybody in front of him improvise. Yeah. And, man, if that isn't a microcosm of Charlie Watts' personality, I don't know what is. Yeah. Let us open up the doors, shall we, to Mark's College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. Is this Steve? This is. Steve, you are about to take on Mark in the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. I'm going to ask you the same five questions. I ask Mark, whoever gets more correct will graduate. Are you ready? I am. All right, let's kick Mark out of the studio. Mark, would you please get out of the studio? Very nice. polite, sir. Yes. Yeah, very, very well polite. Done. Yes, I will. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Especially on this anniversary day, you're showing the proper respect. All right. Well, I would hate to uh, wipe him out. I would hope that you wipe him out. Try. Steve, I am rooting for you in the worst way. Here comes question number one. Several classic rock artists have a hit with a song named Heartbreaker. Name one of them. Pat Benatar. Question number two. According to The Who, what does no one know what it's like to be? No one knows what it's like to be a bad man. Question number three, who is Geezer Butler? He's the bass player for Black Sabbath. Question number four, according to the Beatles, what job did lovely Rita do? Uh, she sold something. Um, I don't know. Question number five, name one member of Motley Crue. Tommy Lee. All right. Let's see how everything goes. Mark, you got to sweep this thing to win. Steve got four out of five. Ooh, All right. Steve. That's uh, okay. Okay. The so here we go. You got to earn it. Stakes are high. You got to be perfect to be perfect. Here comes question number one. Several classic rock artists have a hit with a song named Heartbreaker. Name one of them. Pat Benatar. It's one-to-one. Question number two. According to The Who, what does no one know what it's like to be? The bad man, the sad man behind blue eyes. 
It's two to two. By the way, would Dionne Warwick have counted for Heartbreaker? Uh, I don't think so, because she's not a classic rock artist. Glad I didn't use that one. Now you're just showing off. (laughs) It's two to two. Question number three. Who is Geezer Butler? The bass player for Black Sabbath. It is three to three. Question number four. According to the Beatles, what job did lovely Rita do? Oh, she was a meter maid. It's four to three. All right. This question is for the win. All right. Name one member of Motley Crue. Tommy Lee. And with a five to three victory, or five to four victory, I I apologize, Mark continues his undefeated streak. So Steve missed the uh, meter mate. Steve missed oh, the meter mate. Yes, question. I did. That was it. Other than that, he did well. Yes, yeah, good. That was probably the toughest question, but unfortunately, Steve, you have flunked out of the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge and must announce as such. This is Steven, and I bombed out of the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. Wasn't I'll so, allow it. Yeah, wasn't so much a bomb. You did well, Steve. Yeah, you did good. Thank Four you. Out of five. That's an 80. That's a solid B, <laughs> except for Mark swept it. So thanks for playing along, Steve. You'll get another shot at it, I'm sure, down the line. All right. Thank you, guys. Yep. Thank you, man. Appreciate you listening. Same time tomorrow. We'll do it again. And what do you say we play another Stone song? Uh, yeah, I'm always good with that. What do you say? Uh, it's 9.03, Ooh, and uh, you are late for work. Ain't that but a bitch. Listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. Sounds good and loud. 100.7 KSLX. Season's greetings. Hey Dude Shoes here. Hey Dude Shoes are some of the comfiest, coziest shoes out there. Step into a pair and it's like your toes have gone home for the holidays. Welcome home, toes. Hey Dude, good to go to. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.